Hello and welcome to another MyTunes podcast right here at manxradio.com. Mark Tiley, the nation's station, Manx Radio. Last week on MyTunes, my guest was Ellen Halliwell, who was born and raised in the Liverpool area. Well, no change this week, because... Ian Thompson, that's your old stomping ground, isn't it? It is, yes. Welcome to my tunes and thanks for coming in. No problem. I tell you what, this man's hard to pick and pin down, you know. He is gigging so much everywhere. If you haven't seen him on the Isle of Man, you will do soon, somewhere. But probably by accident. You wander into a pub <laughs> and there you'll be in the back in the back room. Liverpool though, was that where your music all started? Yeah, I was I was born in Liverpool, so I was grew up with guitars in the house. My brother played and my uncle, so it was inevitable. Really, I was going to pick one up one day. So I, I grew up with them all around me, and then I worked in Hesse's Music Centre for a while, so it was a music shop selling guitars and keyboards. Uh, where the the Beatles famously bought some of their first instruments, they still had the receipts for them. Actually, these really, days. yeah, locked away somewhere. <laughs> Brilliant. So yeah, so yeah, I've had a good start with the music and been in quite a few bands in Liverpool. And on the Whittle, lived there for quite a while as well, before eventually coming over to the Isle of Man. Funnily enough, we talked a little about, about the music scene with Ellen last week, and although you're far too young to have had anything to do with the Beatles, that legacy just kept keeps going, doesn't it? Yeah, well, I grew up with them, because I think everyone in the 70s had them albums, the blue and the red one, you know, yeah. the, the older Beatles and the younger Beatles, and we had them as well. So I just grew up with them constantly getting played in the background, and I think the first song I remember by them was Oh Bloody Blada. I loved that as a kid. It's very upbeat. Funny enough, we still do that one with the Beatles tribute band we've got going over here. So, yeah, and lots of other bands as well. You know, the 10CC, um, Elton John, people like that, getting played all the time. And my dad's music, Johnny Cash, Elvis. <laughs> so what were the first songs you learned as a youngster? Do you um, remember? Learn to play. or Yeah, learn um, to play. It would have been... Uh, Really simple things like three chord stuff, probably Buddy Ollie. Uh, I remember learning Hey Good Looking by Hank Williams. My uncle showed me because he was into country and that was only C, D, and G7. So that, that was one of the first I learned. And I remember, I remember singing that when I was about 10. <laughs> so, really simple stuff like that. Uh, and obviously, started learning the Beatles and, and things and harmonies, trying to work them out then. And then learning the bass and learning how to sing and play the bass. And then it advanced to. Other bands then, I started listening to other stuff, you know, like 10CC and, and people from my own era then, like U2 and stuff were coming out, and, uh, REM. And and do you remember the first actual song you bought? Because, I, you know, I say this to young people, I say, what do you mean by? <laughs> I oh, say, no, well, no. I say, well, tape, record, CD, they say, what's that? But you're not that young. So what was the first one you went out and bought? It, it actually was Live Aid. You know, oh, was the, uh, it? Feed the world, yeah. Because uh, everyone was told to buy one. I mean, yeah. even my mum bought one. She'd never bought a record in her life, but she did it because she, you know, it was, it was like go out and buy one, buy ten if you can. So I did as well. So I'd I'd have been about fourteen in nineteen eighty five. Yeah. So that's I, a good that's a good one to start with, isn't it? I mean, oh yeah, it was a great song as well. It's a, it is a cracking song. Speaking of cracking songs, you've chosen some brilliant music for us. I'm looking, I've got the list here. I don't normally cheat, mm. but I'm cheating today. I'm looking through, oh, yeah. Mm. <laughs> uh, and we're starting very much in Liverpool, aren't we? Yeah, the the first one I've chosen was Imagine 
uh, these songs, they're, they're not necessarily my favourite songs of all time, but they're the ones that have had the biggest impact on my life. So I really tried to think about it when you asked me, you know. Yeah. And Imagine did, because I was only nine when it came over the radio that John Lennon was shot dead. And uh, that, that song just kept getting played, and it went to number one when he died. And even now when I hear it, it it's not like listening to a normal song, because it reminds me of that day and, and the, the overwhelming sadness everybody felt that yeah. day. And... Um, so it's almost like a like a like a hymn or something for me now, not like a real song, you know. I get like a spiritual feeling from you, it. You mentioned your Beatles tribute band that you're a part of. Yeah. Do you do you have to identify with a particular Beatle? No, no. It's not like it's not like the uh, bootleg Beatles. You no, don't, you don't no. take on the individual roles. No, we were a bit self-conscious about that because uh, none none of us look like them, and, and <laughs> we're all you know late forties. Uh, I've just actually turned fifty, so. We were a bit like um, conscious of wearing them dopey wigs and and shaking our heads and all that. <laughs> and I, I I think in some ways it, it takes away the seriousness of the music because you it's that, that all little suits and shaking their heads. It's great for someone like the Billy Bill Beatles, but I, I just wanted to do it where um, we were purely just concentrating on the music and trying to put that across as well as we could. And who's in it now? Remind there's me. myself who plays guitar. There's Pete Dixon on bass, Steve Leach on drums, and we've got um, Dave Holland on keyboards. I was going to say because Dave mentioned it when he was my guest. He mentioned you as well. Yeah, uh, a couple of times. So it is the same one. What are you called? Uh, it's called the Manxical Misterito. I love it. I love it. But let's have your first choice. Got to be John Lennon. Here it is. Imagine. Okay. 
we're back to Liverpool with my guest this week on MyTunes, as indeed we were firmly there to start off with Ellen. Ellen Halliwell last week. But, uh, Ian, you came over to the Isle of Man. We were just chatting earlier. 2010, you reckon? It was 15th of January 2010. I still remember the date. Oh, you do? <laughs> and what, OK, why is the big question? Well, my dad had not long passed away. I'd been looking after him and... Um, Everything had got sorted out, the whole house business and stuff, um, and between his kids, his estate, whatever he had left. So for the first time in my life, I had a little bit of money, and um, I just wanted to go somewhere different because I'd, I'd been like playing in bands for years and partying hard, and I was a bit concerned about my actual health. And I had a friend who lived in the Isle of Man who was married over here, and uh, he said, oh, come and visit us, you know, so... I came over to visit, and that was it. I ended up staying, and then I met Debbie, who's now my wife. So that it just worked out that way, but I loved the place as soon as I got here, you know, the sea air and all that, and then I started doing a couple of gigs, and before I knew where I was, I was just like, well, I ain't going home. <laughs> and that was it. You were yeah. going to stay. Yeah. When you're playing, and I mentioned at the start of the week, goodness me, you're a busy man. You, yeah. You, you do fit in a lot of gigs. Well, it's my job, you see. I, that's why I do it. I, I've well, made absolutely. it my full-time job now. Um, and that's that's rare over here to make to make it. We're talking to Dave Holland about this. There's not many yeah. of you that are full-time on, on the music scene. Which do you prefer, being solo or in a band? Uh, I like both, to be honest. Uh, being solo is easier because you can just turn up, set up very quickly, and I don't even have to have a set list. It's just all in my head. Whereas with a band, you kind of got to stick to a set list because, you know, they wouldn't know what you what you were playing. But the good thing about the band is uh, I do like that, you know, that, that feeling you get from being in a band, being part of something, the power of a band behind you. And playing with these musicians, like likes of Dave Holland, who's fantastic, as you know, and yeah. Pete Dixon, brilliant on the bass, and Steve Leach, top drummer. It's a luxury, do you know what I mean? Absolute luxury. And and that side of things is it co corporate work mostly or with your Beatles? We, we hoped it was going to be, but with the Beatles, we've kind of had to take it around all the bars to get it known. Yeah, we thought you know they'd just really take off just by the name, but it, it's not the case. So I spoke to uh, the guy who was in um, Pigs on the Wing because uh, they were getting a lot of big gigs like the Villa and stuff. And I I said, how, how did you build that up? He said, we just played the pubs for years. Yeah. So I thought, well, that's what we've got to do. So. We're doing the likes of 1886, Jacks and Quids in, and we're getting a good reception and going round. And we've, we've been in Ramsey, played there at the golf club. Take your passport. <laughs> yeah. No, you know, I know what it's like it? for you guys going north. You know, it's difficult. It is, <laughs> over that big mountain. <laughs> but yeah, as I say, it's the, it seems to be uh, gathering momentum now, and I'm hoping there's going to be more corporate work with it, with it eventually. Now, when you're playing on your own, you've obviously, you're scanning the crowd. You can, you, as you say, you don't have a set list. You can change the mood just like that. Yeah. Can you read what they want, even if they're not asking you? I, I feel like I know now by the mood and the age group who are around me. I just sense it, and I, I literally go into song after song. I don't have much of a break. Once they're dancing, I do about six on the run until they're, till, till they're so tired they can't speak to me. <laughs> so once they're up, you keep them up. Yeah. Yeah. Good man. Where, who taught you to play the guitar? Was it the family? Uh, you mentioned my brother, the family. My brother and other people like my teacher at school don't show me a bit. You, you, you just kind of pick up bits and bobs from people. I never learned to read music. It was just chords. And I taught, taught myself a lot because I was so enthusiastic. You know, I was always listening and, and trying to learn things myself. And I'm still learning now, you know. It never stops that, does it? Never stops. Let's have today's track. You mentioned this band on uh, yesterday, 10CC. Yeah. I, I first heard these properly when my brother came home from Jersey in nineteen late 80s 
I was about 15, 16, and he he played this album, How Dare You, and this was the song on it, I'm Mandy, Fly Me, and I just, you know, when something just hits you, I, I thought, wow, what was yeah. that? And I couldn't, I got obsessed with this song, and uh, it just said something to me, and I, it made me want to write songs, and better songs than I've been writing. Once I heard that, I thought, well, there's the bar there, <laughs> and I'm still trying to write one somewhere near it. Let's hear and it. I haven't got anywhere near it. <laughs> I'm Mandy, Fly Me. Sharks were coming for me 
My guest on my tunes this week is one of the Isle of Man's hardest working musicians. Not just my words, Dave Holland said so as well, so it's <laughs> got to be true. Ian Thompson is with me all week. Ian, I want to talk about technology and being a solo artist. When we first sort of saw the Ed Sheeran school of looping stuff, and, you know, I don't want to get too technical, but basically you're laying down backing tracks as you go along mm-hmm. rather than playing the tapes like yeah. a karaoke thing. Was that a bit of a game changer for solo artists? Um, well, not for me. I, I haven't really changed anything. I just carry on doing what I'm doing. Um, but I'd like to get into that. And my wife, she loves Ed Sheeran. So she's always saying, you should get into that and do a bit of you know the, these loop things that he does. And I've watched him play. And it's very clever. Very, very clever. And it probably is the way forward for solo people. You, you, you've got to fit in, haven't you, and, and get with the times. Well, because I remember the first time I saw it, I was in a pub across and it was a girl singing. And I'm looking around for everybody else. Cause mm. I, I mean, I hadn't really come across it at all. And mm. she had this, she'd done some scraping on the guitar, yeah. made a bit of a rhythm track, and then she'd picked a few bass notes. And then I'm thinking, where are all these people? And of course, it's on the it's on the, the one on the fly. It's a yeah. very clever thing to get going, isn't it? Definitely, and it's something I really want to get into. To be honest, but as I say, at the moment we've been busy with the bands and learning a lot of Beatles stuff over the last few years because their stuff's quite complex, yeah. especially the Sgt. Pepper stuff. I haven't really had time to experiment on my own, just been literally turning up for gigs and doing what I do and smacking the guitar and playing. I try and play bits of bass and bits of lead to keep it interesting rather than just strumming. Mm. So I try and do I try and do all that. And some people have said to me, oh, we thought there was more than just you. Because nice. I'm doing that kind of thing, got yeah. the bass going and that. But I do definitely want to try and do a bit more of that, like looping and stuff that, Watch out, Ed Sheeran. Ian's coming for you. He's coming to get you. I'm sure he's shaking in his boots. He will be. (laughs) I talked a bit with Dave Holland about writing, and he said, yeah, he likes writing songs, but it's the kiss of death. If he plays something he's written, people just go to the bar because they don't know it. Is this the same for you? A little bit, yeah. And people are very self-conscious when it comes to to their own stuff. I know know exactly what Dave means. Um, But, yeah, it doesn't really matter how good it is because they don't know it. They, they kind of politely look and smile and clap, but you know you know you've got to get back onto them covers rather quickly. Do you know what I mean? So they'll yeah. still tolerate it if you're playing a lot of covers, but to just do your own, it's it's it would take you know real loyal fans, I think, to sit, sit there. But it that's the case even with um, big stars like David Bowie. I remember him turned up with his new band somewhere, and because he wasn't playing the old hits, his fans went mad. 
and said, we want Starman and we want life on Mars. And he was, oh, I don't do that now. So it's still the same for them in a way. Do you know what I mean? It's, yeah. You've got to give people what they know and then they'll accept some of your new stuff. You mentioned the writing challenge of having heard Armandy fly me thinking, right, how am I going to how am I going to get close to that as, as a writing discipline? So but you are still writing. Yeah, not as much as I used to. Um, I tend to only write when I've really got something to say now, whereas, you know, years ago you, you, you wanted to like write everything because you, you're constantly coming up with tunes when you're younger. I think everyone, everything must be working a bit better. But as you get older, um, definitely you're, um, you just kind of want to say things that really mean something to you rather than just singing, hey, baby, I love you and whatever. Yeah. So, yeah, and uh, I'm working on one at the moment. Um, me and Jip again in the studio at the minute uh, working on a song that I've Incidentally, I've Jip, if you're listening, we love you to bits and it's a fantastic studio you got down there. Go and see him if you want to record something. He won't let you down there. I'll give Jip a plug because he's yeah, a good man. Jip at Ballard Groove Studios, it's a great place to work. And he, he's uh, he's very laid back, Jip. So he makes it nice and easy for you, you know. He doesn't shout at you or nothing. <laughs> well, you mentioned writing. Um, uh, uh, the, the high bar of 10cc's I'm Mandy, Fly Me. Mm. This next one <laughs> it's probably one of the most complicated songs ever to be a hit in the UK charts. Talk us through your choice. Yeah, well, as I say, this one was the one my brother come home from Jersey with. I first heard it and thought, my God, you know, what was that? This one, Bohemian Rhapsody, reminded me a lot of that 10cc one. We had, you know, similar harmonies and stuff like that. But I first heard this as a kid. It was on top of the pops. And um, Did you see the famous video with the yeah, heads and the faces? Everything. Yeah, I remember yeah. it so well. And it was such a massive hit, uh, Bohemian Rhapsody, that I just thought it was, you know, unbelievable genius writing. And to this day, I've never got sick of hearing it. If I hear it come on to this day, I still have to listen to it and not get out the car till it's finished, you know. It's funny, isn't it? And and yet they fought the record company to release it as a single. Mm. They they really, they, I mean, Freddie dug his, dug his high heels in and said, this will be released as a single. They weren't mm. going to do it, you know. No, that's right. I watched the film, didn't yeah. uh, Bobby and Rhapsody, and he was saying he wanted... Um, another single didn't he something a bit more poppy and yeah. light-hearted but they went no this what one of the reasons was because it was was it seven yeah six, six or seven long? minutes yeah yeah should we play it oh yeah and we'll stay in the car escape from reality open your eyes Look up to the skies and see I'm just a moon boy Because I'm easy come, easy go Little high, little low Anyway the wind blows Doesn't really matter Just killed a man Put a gun against his head Pulled my trigger, now he's dead Mama Life had just begun But now I've gone and thrown it all away Mama Ooh, 
silhouette of a man. Scaramouche, Scaramouche, will you do the fandango? Thunderbolts and lightning, very, very frightening me. Galileo, 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 Galileo I'm just a poor boy, nobody loves me. He's just a poor boy from a poor family, sparing his life from this monstrosity. Mamma mia, mamma mia, let me go. Beelzebub has a devil put aside for me, for me, for me. I can't believe we've come to the final MyTunes choice of my guest this week, Ian Thompson. Made the Isle of Man his home in 2010, and you haven't looked back. Well, I say you haven't looked back, Ian. Have mm. you? Have you thought about moving else, moving on? Never. No, I've, uh, I've never thought. I, I go back home to see my family, but obviously I haven't been able to do that the last couple of years because of all this pandemic stuff. But hopefully we're coming out of that now. But no, I've never wanted to leave. Uh, I'm also I'm only sixty miles from Liverpool anyway. It's only a boat ride. Home. You can wave. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> On a clear day. Wave. <laughs> <laughs> but I just love the place. You know, it makes me feel better just looking out at the you know the sea and when you're driving through the hills and all that. It, it just cheers me up. It's very good for me mentally, the Isle of Man. And I, you know, I've really become good friends with people over here. They've you know really welcomed me. And I, as I say, I got a lot of work. So what you know, why would I leave? Good man. What about the venues? There's a it's a mix of venues. Now the the people who were here in the 70s and 80s playing would always hark back to the the bigger venues and the more variety of venues there used to be on the island when the tourists were coming, predominantly mm. tourists driven through the summer season. A lot of that's gone, a lot of that's closed. Have we got enough venues? Does it work for you? 
Well, it does for me because I, I can be playing three, four times a week. So I would have to say, yeah. And a lot of the time, they're looking for people. Um, I see a lot of bands will cancel because if one member gets ill, they all can't turn up. Then, you know, or there's only one singer maybe, and he's got a so the whole band are finished for the night. And it happens a lot here. And I get I get a lot of messages saying, uh, "You're not free tonight." I suppose you know. And most of the time, I'm not, unfortunately. But um, so you know, as I say, I, I I do think there's enough venues myself personally because I'm never out of work. Touch touch wood. I don't yeah. you know. I don't want to tempt fate, but. It's been great for me. I've never, I've never stopped working since the day I started over here. Have you got a particular place or a particular town where, where you, you know it's going to be a good night? Well, Douglas. Douglas, yeah. Because, as I say, it's it's always up for it at the weekend, isn't it? You know. Um, see, the, the live venues like Quid's in, they've always got the regulars there and they, they want a good time, you know what I mean, from the minute you get in. The same with Jackson, 1886, you know, they're, they're up for it all the time and they're always good nights. I love I love playing them all. Um Used to be a good one here, the Haven in Port Erin, but I haven't played there for a long time. Um, I think there's been a change in management, but they haven't been in touch. But that used to be a great night. You got the feeling they really appreciated that you came. Do you know what I mean? They, they, yeah. They must have appreciated the uh, the bands coming out there to to play all the way to Port Erin. <laughs> you see, you get a manx already. <laughs> I was shattered. You, you'd have driven 120 <laughs> miles if you're gigging in Liverpool area in Cheshire, going all around there. So, what about some plans for the future? And uh, here we are. We got we got a clean bill of health. Nearly, we're looking at looking at a year ahead of gigs. And anything anything you can leak onto the horizon? Anything um, anything new happening? As much as the gigs are there, you just never know when something like this pandemic thing comes out the blue and I lost a lot of work as, as a lot of people did oh, you yeah. know so you, you can never take income for granted you just don't know when it's going to stop you can't you know you, you think you're safe and realize you're not mm. so it's it's horrible in a way and people say oh you shouldn't gig so much and I go but if I didn't I said imagine you know what would I have done I, lucky if I had some money left when the pandemic hit I'd have had no money, so it's no good saying that. You've got to work on the, for a rainy day, haven't you? Yeah. Um, but I'm always open to do a bit more of my own stuff in the future as well and get back onto that. That that was going well, as I say, till this pandemic thing happened and then there was no more TT and things like that and no mm. more tribute bands coming to the island to support. So Well, that'll be back. We, we have every reason to believe TT's coming back and it's going to be a grand summer. This final choice... Now you've sort of—it's a curveball you're throwing me here, Ian. Talk, mm. talk, talk me through it. Well, uh, as I say, this song—a um, bit like the first one. Imagine it, it's got like a spiritual thing for me rather than just a song because it was the song my dad always sang for me mum. And when she died, um, 1996, he actually sang it in the pub the night that she died. We were all there with him, and he sang it no perfect. And I didn't know how he got through it because nobody else in the pub. Wow. Everyone in the pub was crying except him. But I, I just think it was one of them things. He was filled with something that got him through it. And he, he sang it like Matt Monroe, who who was the singer. But um, when I hear it now, it you know, it just, again, I have to sit there and just listen to it and absorb it because it, it's it's almost to me like a connection to them now. I feel like I'm I'm connected to them when I hear it. And that's, as I say, it, I wouldn't say it's one of my favourite songs, but it's, it's one of them songs that's had a very big effect on my life. Well, we'll play it in just a second. Ian, thanks for coming in, yeah. sparing a couple of moments from your busy schedule. Uh, good luck with the year ahead. Here's, Thank you. Here's Thank to you. load more gigs. And let's hear some of that self-penned material. I want to, you know, I know you're going to see Jip down there uh, at the, <laughs> the Ballad Groove, the Ballad Groove Centre of Excellence. Uh, give him my best when you're done. I will do. Thanks very and, much. And uh, we look forward to hearing some of those. It's been a real pleasure. Ian Thompson, all the best. Thank you.
could never be a portrait of my love for nobody could paint a dream you see a portrait of my love for miracles I'll never see anyone who sees her soon Gets the Mona Lisa it would take I know a Michelangelo and he would need the glow of dawn that paints the sky above to try a portrait of my love it would take I know a Michelangelo and he would need the glow of dawn that paints the sky above to try and paint a portrait of I have to say the choice of Matt Munro was not expected, but I'm so glad Ian Thompson chose it. What a wonderful track. Thanks again to Ian for joining me on the MyTunes podcast. And don't forget, there'll be more MyTunes guests each week with me, Mark Tiley, in the morning from 9.30 Monday to Friday.